0: You're listening to Lab Notes, your weekly guide to science and innovation. Hello, I am Marek Inetpanous, and I'm Leo Stevens. Welcome to the brief, where we cover two concepts from science and business. G'day,
1: Mark. What have you got for us today? Good day, Leo. Today I want to talk about what is a communication paper. Academic researchers place the outcomes of their research in the public domain through publications in scientific journals. So these scientific papers, you can see them as the products that academic researchers produce. And publications can take many shapes and forms, including historical surveys, called review papers, reports of completed milestones, which are called papers or articles, and then there is a class of publications that are more like an update or a progress report, and these are generally referred to as a communication paper. These communications present original and significant material for rapid dissemination to the general public. So, for example, a short communication may focus on a particular aspect of a problem or a new finding that is expected to have a significant impact. And a very famous example of this is the 1953 article by Watson and Crick published in the journal Nature. This very short, only one-page long communication described, for the first time, the molecular structure of DNA the now very well-known double helix.
0: So what would lead a researcher to decide to go with a communication paper for their work rather than, I guess, progressing to a full article worth of content?
1: If it's in a hot, fast-moving area where they know there are several other groups competing for the same space, or where... A researcher is new, trying to break into a new area, and wants to put their place in the sand. So they want to announce their presence in that research field.
0: So it's mostly about establishing yourself and your research group as being the one in that field. It's it's less about getting feedback from the audience about whether you're on the right track.
1: You you'll get feedback obviously from two reviewers and possibly an editor so you get feedback from a very small subset of the field that you're in the more lasting feedback you may get over a period of years where you can track how many times your paper has been liked or cited so it's a slower process generally speaking these communications draw more attention so you have a higher chance of getting more likes for your work.
0: Well, if they're shorter documents and they garner more attention, why would not researchers exclusively publish communication papers?
1: Because you can't go into depth into that communication paper. It's literally saying, hey, we found this, we think it's really cool, here is the principle. But you can't really present, here is something we think is very interesting, this is how it works, this is how we think it's going to be important for the future, and this is where we think it can go. So a complete paper allows you to really demonstrate your competence in in a particular field.
0: Is there a risk of, I guess, double publishing in this, where somebody who may have otherwise only published a full article could break out the communication first and then essentially... Elaborate on that with the full paper second, getting a two-for-one bonus.
1: Yeah, that's called fractionation. That's something in my role as an editor of two journals I'm always mindful for. So I read the articles, and if I have the slightest idea that somebody is just breaking the paper up into little pieces in order to get more publications, then I will say I'll write them a nice message to say, sorry, not for our journal. That still obviously means that the paper may be published in a different journal, but a lot of the journals will have that standard where they really want you to present your work in the fullest way without fractionating your results.
0: Yeah, right. Well, uh, that's probably all the time we have for questions on that topic. So as you mentioned, Mark, a business topic that i thought ties in well with the communications paper is the minimum viable product. So like a communication paper, an MVP is an effort to get an early version of work out into the world, but the purpose of that release is somewhat different. So the audience is probably already familiar with the concept of a prototype, which is a very rough physical version of a product. And the principal purpose of a prototype is to help engineers, investors, and company employees understand and improve the system. The MVP is the next stage in that journey. It's the least developed version of the product that customers would find useful. These are the so-called early adopter customers. The purpose of getting an MVP into customer hands is to get their feedback and test the market so those learnings can be used to improve later versions of the product. It's worth noting that there was once a time when releasing such a rough and ready version of a product would be considered to be a mistake and companies used to spend huge amounts of time and money refining their product before it ever reached a customer's hands mvps have been gaining a lot of acceptance in recent years uh, as part of the lean startup model and the concept of continuous improvement so customer engagement and feedback is now considered to be a critical part of product development and a way to get that is to put your product out into the world at the earliest possible stage so that's the mvp
1: great so who administers these mvp grand schemes
0: Oh, so, I mean, the grants are administered by the New South Wales, sorry, the, the government, I should say. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you don't necessarily need to receive a grant in order to create an MVP. Uh, just simply developing a product that is minimum and viable and putting it out into customer hands can be done on company funds or investor funds or, or wherever.
1: How do people receive feedback on their MVP so
0: generally, those early adopter customers will be in pretty close contact with the founder and the business. Um, they, they might have you know essentially individual salespeople or direct communications with the company itself. Um, the company would definitely be watching any kind of reviews and feedbacks put online very closely. It does depend on the scale of the product. Like if you've got a very consumer-level product, your MVP might sell 1,000 units, and then you're looking at your Amazon reviews. But you might be a business-to-business kind of company, in which case you might only sell three MVPs, and it's very easy for you to then have a direct communication with the customers. But either way, you're trying to get as much information out of how they're using the product and what they feel about it and what they might pay for it.
1: So how do I become an early adopter customer? Is that an application, or is that do I need to look for something? Or
0: It's not like beta testing. You don't have to apply, but
1: it's a kind
0: of person in a lot of cases. If you're the sort who would look around on forums and find out what the latest gadget and widget is and kind of keep abreast of the developments of that company and be one of the first people to buy the new product as it launches, you probably are an early adopter customer already. In some cases, in things like um, biotechnology, there may actually be a more structured process of being a patient on a trial, um, and that's essentially the minimum viable product for a biotechnology startup, but... It it differs from industry to industry. Mostly it's just about being ready to accept a product that's probably a little more expensive and a little less functional just so you can be first.
1: So you mentioned beta testing. What's beta testing?
0: Beta testing is mostly applied in software engineering. Um, It's when they release an early version of the software and beta testers are approved by the company. You do have to apply to be a beta tester and the kind of quid pro quo is you get the Software for free, but you are then obligated to provide some detailed feedback into how it's functioning and if there are any bugs and things like that.
1: So my limited knowledge of the, uh, this alphabet, is there an alpha tester?
0: There are alpha testers. They are more often company employees. They get more out of the relationship than just a free version of the product. So they have a closer relationship to the company itself, whereas beta testers are generally open. It's open to anyone who wants to apply, who just wants to try
1: this early stage product. And that's probably all we have time for. Thank you, Leo. Make sure to tune in again next time for us and see you next week.
0: See you next week.